0: Where we start with a random article, explore it, then follow the links and see where it takes us. John, what is your random article today?
1: I, uh, um good run osvistortier. Okay. <laughs> yep. That I'm pretty sure that's how you pronounce it. Um person, place, or thing. Protagonist <laughs> of the medieval Icelandic Laxdala saga, which recounts the history of the people of Laxdala. <laughs> it is widely thought that the saga represents some historical fact, Gudrun run was famed for her beauty and was married four times. Her marriages were foretold when she relayed four dreams to guests to interpret. Each represented one of the marriages to come. Her first marriage to Thorvalder Halldorson ended in divorce. It was a brief unhappy marriage. However, the divorce she acquired half of his estate through. Her second husband Thord Ingunarsson, drowned at sea she gave birth to his son soon after naming him Thord. (laughs) anyway yeah that's the first paragraph of that article huh it's pretty juicy and by pretty juicy i mean there's another couple paragraphs (laughs) but for a starting article that's a pretty good thing
0: yeah i would say so well my random article is 49 steamboat and 49 steamboat (laughs)
1: 49 Steamboat in parentheses. 49 Steamboat. <laughs> you can't see, you can't appreciate the hand gestures we're using for Steamboat, but Steamboat. Maybe we could put a
0: gif over it or something. Um, but yeah, it was a Steamboat called 49 that was built in 1865. And it was built at Marcus washington tear i'm assuming territory uh just above kettle falls on the columbia river to carry travelers and freight north up the columbia river and the arrow lakes to the big bend gold rush in the colony of british columbia Ooh, and the destination of its run was the boom town of laporte one of the main centers of the rush, and it was located at the foot of the Dales de Morts, or the Death Rapids.
1: Oh, that sounds forbidding.
0: Yeah. And the head of the river navigation on the route, in which were located in the immediate vicinity of the gold fields, which were on the nearby Goldstream River
1: and Downey Creek. Hmm. So... So we do have two, I think, relatively unexplored topics at hand here. We yeah. have Icelandic sagas <laughs> and gold rushes. Yeah. I mean, we could go the, the, the we could go the, the, the round of drama, the, the round mm. of plays, but I think we've done that. We could go the round of like steamboats, but I think we've done steam everything. We at have,
0: this point. yeah, we've done steamboats. We've done the building of things like yeah. steamboats.
1: So it figures that the one time Wikipedia gives us two like fresh topics we have yet to explore, <laughs> they're at the same pop. They're both in the same like episode. I mean, we yeah. don't have a moth or a small <laughs> town to help us choose. I actually
0: kind of miss the moths, because it gave us an yeah. easy out. Yeah, like, yeah. it was All a right, point well, for Clearly, we're
1: never going to get something good or a moth. One of yeah. us is going to get the good one. Yeah. the other one's going to get the moth. It's a good thing we started doing this like thing at the beginning though because otherwise yeah. most of our episodes would have been from a moth that's to, true yeah it would have been a metamorphosis in reverse <laughs> <laughs> like it would have been e- start every other
0: episode would start with a moth
1: yeah and i i don't know if i'm down for that i don't yeah. want to be a moth podcast <laughs> like, that would be although it would bad.
0: push us to be creatively figuring out a way to get as far away from moths as possible from that's true both one. literally and metaphorically
1: <laughs>
0: <things. laughs> um I feel like I'm gonna just have an animosity towards moths for the rest of my gonna, life. I'm just gonna <laughs> just hunt them. I'm
1: just going to be a moth hunter. Uh, or maybe I'll make Mothra. I don't know. Ooh, Depends go, how the longevity of the Godzilla franchise goes over the next couple of well, years. So far, it's doing pretty it's deep. doing pretty hot. It's pretty good. It's coming back mm-hmm. uh, as Godzilla usually does. Sometimes before the end of the movie. So. Uh, I'm really on the fence here. I'm kind of interested in both. These are both things I don't really like normally think about. Yeah. And I think would be interesting to tell people about. Hmm. <sighs> 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 mm. No. I actually do happen to have on my person one American quarter dollar. Oh. Mm. What we can do is a coin flip, which I have not mastered how to rig, I might add, because I know we had that in an episode before. So I'm not I'm not going to break the system. This is going to be a genuine... I'm going to let it land and we're going to call it as it lands. I'm not going to do the stupid thing where you pick it up and you're like, I don't like this result, and you flip it over and you put it on your hand the other way. No. Gravity's decided. My
0: article has the word head in it that I can see clearly, so we'll say that my article, the 49, is heads.
1: And... Gudrun aus here. was pretty hot, which means I'm guessing she had a pretty nice tail. So she's tails. (laughs) Okay. All right. Here we go. Logic. And begin. It's heads. All right. We are going to 49 Steamboat. (laughs) It's 40 9, by the way. Oh, 40 9 Steamboat. 40-9. Mm-hmm. That's the name of the article.
0: 40- 40 hyphen 9 parentheses steamboat.
1: The word 40 or the the word 40. The word 40. I was putting in the number 40. Uh, okay. The word 9 or the number The word nine. <laughs> <laughs> 40-9 all spelled out. Right. Steamboat. Okay. Yep. Don't know why I wasn't getting that. Like as you said, <laughs> dash. It shouldn't have been my instinct to put the number forty and the number nine. Like that doesn't make sense. Well, why would I have done that? In your defense, there, in
0: naming these kinds of vessels and railroad, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. steam cars and that kind of thing, they do tend to pick really
1: strange numbering systems yeah it may be numeric Uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to stick to one (laughs) stylization of numeric code
0: because i remember yeah that one time when we were talking about some kind of ships there was all sorts of weird like 500-2 or like stuff like that yeah
1: and uh, and that's why i was thinking that i think was all those uh various destroyers you were talking about one time okay Uh, so who's this dude this would be
0: Leonard White, who was captain of the 49, and he has a nice little chin beard going on. Oh my gosh, this picture. It is a pretty. Oh man! If you <laughs> <laughs> if you zoom in on <laughs> like it, and marsh- that happens. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so
1: it's like It looks like somebody just, just drew his way. mouth. Like the rest of the picture looks normal, and then all of a sudden you get to his mouth, and somebody just like took like a pencil and just was like, like right across his face. It's
0: it's like, oh, the kids see the mouth very good. Let's, well, let's go ahead, and draw it in
1: Like why? Yeah,
0: deal- detail it with MS Paint. That's what they <laughs> did.
1: Just get the black line tool. Just get the line shape tool and no, drag. The, not it even that. His face. Get like
0: the small one and try to color it in. Get the smatter so that, brush. <laughs> get the smatter brush and just smear get it. Get the one that his, looks like paint, Smear it yeah, paint brush. Or <laughs> the sponge tool. It. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's the worst picture I've ever seen in my life.
0: Okay. Um I don't know. This picture is even from the 1800s, to be honest.
1: I mean, they did have some photography back then, but I feel like only important people had photos at first in the like yeah. 1860s. But in any case, uh, yeah, he's the, he was the captain, right? Yep.
0: He was Captain Leonard White. And um, in the first attempted run in December 1865, they failed to reach La Porte due to heavy ice in the narrows between the Arrow Lakes. And it normally has a strong rapids-like current. And the first successful runs were not until the following spring in 1866. And then when the gold rush ended, 49 was withdrawn for lack of clientele. And Captain White gave free passage out of the Big Bend area for those who could not afford passage. And his last southbound run carried only three passengers. Wow. And then in eighteen seventy one it was brought back into service for the Canadian Pacific Railway Survey, undertaken by Walter Moberly.
1: Huh. So, so it wasn't quite the end of its life, that would have been a shame.
0: Yeah. I guess it uh it makes a lot more sense that it's called Forty Nine now that I realize it has a connection to Gold Rush.
1: Maybe, but Cause I was, it also was in service in 1865. <laughs> so, yeah. I get the idea, but maybe a little belated. Yeah. I
0: don't know. I feel like they should have gotten this thing going a lot earlier.
1: Especially because it seems like they got it up and running, like, literally as the gold rush was about to stop.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like they, they get it up. like, all right, we're going to get in in this gold rush action. And then... It looks like not even a year after it finally made its first successful run, they...
1: Yeah, they they decommissioned it. It was already done. I mean, it says here that uh, his first successful runs were in the spring of 1866, but we do know that by 1871, this ship was being used by um, the Canadian Pacific Railway for their survey. Whoa, whoa. Okay.
0: (laughs) Uh... Okay, so I just hopped over to Google to figure out when the end of the Gold Rush was, and it's telling me that the Gold Rush ended in 1855.
1: Wow, this guy was but really late to the game with the steamboat. <laughs> like, like he didn't even get—he not get the memo? Like, what's <laughs> going on?
0: Although this does say the California Gold Rush, but I uh, feel like it's
1: still... Well, it probably wasn't the entire way through. I mean, it, this is British Columbia, but at this point, people had stopped going to California, Yeah, but they really still wanted some gold. They wanted their chunks of change. They wanted a piece of the action. You know, they wanted their slice of the pie. <laughs> yeah. But this thing yeah. was
0: brought back into commission in 1871. Right, so it, that, it had have to have been... been you know, out of commission for at least a year or two, right? I would think.
1: Not to mention, this 1865 date is definitely not when it started. He didn't make his first successful run until the spring of the following year, mind <laughs> yeah. you. And that means that's pretty late, because British Columbia ain't warm. <laughs> it's north. Yeah. It's very north. So, it is... I mean, there are parts of it that are seattle like around Vancouver, but <laughs> the rest of it, not so much. Okay, so from here, where do we want to go? We got... We got falls. We got lakes. We got mm. British Columbia. We got the Death Rapids, <laughs> or is it the French like to call them <laughs> Dallas Days Morts?
0: <laughs> oh, I'm kind of feeling the Death Rapids. Death Rapids,
1: Dallas de Morts. Let's do it. Let's go see some Death Rapids. <laughs> Oh, that's not cool. Dal de Moor, also known as Death Rapids in English, was a famously violent stretch of the Columbia River, upstream from Revelstoke, British Columbia, Canada, now submerged beneath the waters of Lake Revelstoke Reservoir. Okay. So they used to be there, but then the Dal de Moor were no more. Hmm. So, hmm. Yeah.
0: Then how could uh this boomtown of Laporte have
1: been there? Ooh. Ooh. Well, we have to look at the chronology to All figure right, that let's, out. Let's figure this out. Here. First, we'll start in 1817, Figure out how the rapids got their name. Uh, basically. Uh, a crew of Northwest Company voyagers lost their canoes and food during a traverse of the rapids, and they were forced to attempt the overland journey to Spokane House. With the only survivor being rescued by local native people after a harrowing survival ordeal and a confession of cannibalistic survival. Wow. Dal de Mort. <laughs> the French form. ...originated with the NWC Voyagers in 1817, even when seven men were wrecked here and all their food was lost. They began walking along the river, hoping to reach Spokane House, the nearest establishment, over 300 miles <laughs> away. High water forced them up into the almost impenetrable forest. One by one, they died, the survivors resorting to cannibalism. The last one was found by Indians on the shore of Upper Arrow Lake and was taken to Kettle Falls, whence he conducted to Spokane House. His story that he had killed his last companion in self-defense was not believed, and he was <laughs> Dismissed from the NWC service, escaping more serious punishment owing to a lack of evidence against him. Hmm. That was a quote from Douglas of the Fur, (laughs) a biography of David Douglas, botanist, by A.G. Harvey. Botanist? Yes. It's always the botanists. (laughs) I don't know
0: why. So just some botanist's biography... Happened to have this little <laughs> excerpt
1: about cannibalism in it. Whatever. Okay. Go ahead, Douglas of the Fur. <laughs> Douglas Fur.
0: So there's another account of this stuff here. It says, A party of seven Norwesters was sent back to Spokane House because they were too ill to traverse the Rocky Mountains with the rest of the party. Their canoes and provisions were lost at the rapids here. Without supplies, they proceeded on foot very slowly, and as they were weak and only had water for sustenance, there being no berries at that time of year, on the third day, the first man died, and his remains were eventually eaten by the survivors. This continued until only two men were left, LaPierre and Dubois. Only LaPierre was found alive, and he maintained that Dubois had attempted to kill him, but he had succeeded in overpowering and killing him in self-defense. And LaPierre's story was doubted, but he couldn't be convicted on the evidence.
1: Given that they all ate each other, (laughs) doesn't that kind of, like, make his story a little more believable to the (laughs) last two guys who haven't been dead and eaten? Yeah. I don't know. I wonder if this is a movie It's anywhere... I think it's called the Gray. <laughs> Stars Liam Neeson. Set the rapids are in the air. <laughs> And in 1838, the namesake became more solidified when another, even greater tragedy befell the York Factory Express of the Hudson's Bay Company, an annual shipment of goods, books, personnel, and mail between York Factory and Fort Vancouver, a tradition that had continued an earlier annual journey by Northwest Company staff from Fort George to Fort William on Lake Superior. The westbound journey was known as the Autumn Express because of the time of year of its schedule and also so as the Columbia Express due to its destination, referring as much to the Columbia Department as to the Columbia River. The 1838 Express had had a difficult journey from Fort Edmonton, and the party contained an unruly upper-crust greenhorn, what, (laughs) who had eloped with one of the daughters of HBC Governor Simpson, who, during an ill-advised transit of the rapids, panicked, and he jumped from the canoe with his wife in his arms, (laughs) upsetting the canoe in the process and resulting in the death of all but one who had (laughs) been aboard, including
0: (laughs) including
1: himself and his wife, but sparing Matsuki, a native woman, in the party who had lost her child in the journey via Athbasica Pass. She made her way to Fort of the Lakes at the head of Upper Arrow and was taken to Fort Colville with her story. So all that story about all those other people didn't matter except that the governor was a crazy person who stood up at the worst possible place and then jumped in. He took his wife in his arms. How did that not just capsize the canoe right there? Like, that, Like you can't just stand yeah. in a canoe and, like, grab somebody and stick them up in your arms and be like, Banzai! Like, that doesn't work. Uh. Have you ever been to the canoe? Like, have you sit forward the wrong they're,
0: way? Yeah, they're very precarious little They things.
1: are so temperamental. Um, So, yeah, that was a little dark, I guess. But, I mean, like, I'm not seeing death rapids here. I'm seeing, like, a couple of guys who are up to no good and started having cannibals in the neighborhood. Uh, and then one little wife who started to get scared. And so the governor swept her up in his arms and said, we're going down there. And that was... <laughs> What happens? That's all this, the that's boat dear. got like, flipped, turned upside. <laughs> <So it> down <did. laughs> They did. They did. Though that was actually a stipulation of their whole of their whole to do. Um. So. Um. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't see like the rapids themselves didn't do anything. People mostly being idiots or <laughs> yeah, That's things. yeah. <laughs> that seems
0: to really be the common thread here. Yeah. Um, all right, well, let's go into the 1860s. Okay. And during the Big Bend Gold Rush, from 1865 on, so it looks like that's the gold rush we need to look into. Indeed. Uh, the Dales de Moore marked the head of steamboat navigation on a route that stretched from Marcus Washington Territory via the Arrow Lakes and their narrows to the port boomtown of La Porte. Which lay at the foot of the rapids, and also at the foot of the portage to the gold fields on the creeks flanking the Goldstream River, which joined the Columbia only a few miles above the rapids, around which a portage from La Porte became necessary. The other main gold fields of the rush were along Downey Creek, which joined the Columbia just below La Porte, where another town, Downey Creek, survived as a settled locality until the inundation. report did not. The first run by the steamer 49 which we just talked about was in 1865. but made it only as far as the Narrows due to heavy ice. The next year they braved the Rapids and the Narrows in 1866. Regular service. Talked about this already. During the duration of the gold rush. Here let me just uh, bounce over. I just want to see when it ended. That's all see. doesn't seem to say when it actually ended So that's not cool. Still going on
1: <laughs> Still happening
0: Um, yeah, so It's just
1: that Captain White here he just pulled out too soon
0: <laughs> And, uh Yeah, so It just kind of talks about what we already talked about So, um that so much doesn't have to do with The death portion
1: Nah, not, not really <laughs> Um, I mean the steamer Braved the rapids for them And as soon as you put like a steamboat On rapids, suddenly it becomes A little less intimidating It's really only intimidating when you're in a canoe yeah. Which is going to capsize on like Normal still water <laughs> so, <laughs> Could be sitting there not
0: moving at all And all of a sudden it just turns out
1: <laughs> You're gone Um so, yeah, the name was originally formally registered in English as Death Rapids in 1939, but that was rescinded in 1986 <laughs> upon the inundation of the site by the reservoir. Joseph Trutch's 1870s map uses the mistaken Daldemore. Dalles is a term from French as used by the Voyageurs in the Pacific (laughs) Northwest, adapted from the usual meaning of as a flagstone or in other contexts as a gutter on a ship's deck or bridge for the purpose of draining excess water. The context of river rapids does not turn up in French dictionaries, but appears to be a local variation on the usual meanings—a pun on the staircase-like mm. stones underneath some rapids, and also on the rapidly draining narrow shoots that typify a dale. In the case of dales de mort, the pun carries the extra weight of gravestone, <laughs> as that is the usual meaning of the phrase in French. Uh. So that's kind of a cool etymology. They were yeah. being funny with it. Oh, the I French. I didn't realize that
0: it was, wasn't was named that until 1939. I thought yeah. it was like, after all this craziness happened, they were like, oh, let's name it the Death Rapids.
1: I mean, this whole area seems to be just a victim of poor timing. <laughs> Governor stood up in the canoe with his wife in his arms at the wrong time. Guy started a boat through the steam <laughs> rapids at the wrong time, wrong into the gold rush. They named it the Death Rapids Right before they filled it up And it wasn't Death Rapids <laughs> anymore Like <laughs> oh, man. Just yeah. a whole Just like <laughs> Really the thing That's the real
0: Death uh, Death Rapids Indeed Dale's Time
1: makes it's- fools of them all <laughs> <laughs> Alright I'm
0: kind of Interested in I guess they don't have a Link to this guy.
1: Which guy? The Governor guy that, HBC the... who jumped off of his <laughs> off of his perfectly normal and safe and not capsized boat with his wife in his arms because he could.
0: <laughs> him too, but also this guy that ate everybody.
1: The lone survivor of uh, They really don't have a whole lot of details about him, do they? Like they they tell you his name was uh, what? He's LaPierre right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, Dubois didn't make the journey. But the L- L- Lapierre was the last survivor. Yeah. I mean, there are citations here uh, of sources about mm. this. Um,
0: yeah, they don't really have any links to these events. No. Or,
1: or the people. No, they do not. Which is unfortunate, because it's a really cool story. It'd be nice to be able to, you know, see what they're talking about. I don't Mm -hmm. know.
0: (sighs) Well, let me see. Just because there's not a link doesn't mean that an article does not exist. Uh Oh,
1: now you're thinking. Hmm. Hmm. As it would turn out, Wikipedia is actually a pretty good source for information. When there is information to be had, <laughs> I mean, to be fair, these stories, while fascinating in of themselves, are very brief. They're also very non-specific. I mean, Lapierre, I don't even know this guy's first name. Lapierre could be any French bloke. Like it literally is like Smith. Like, they're just calling this guy Smith. <laughs> There's the guy. There was two guys. There's Smith and Martin, and and Martin was gonna kill Smith, but you know, Smith killed him instead
0: and you know it's interesting hmm. the uh, citation to the story uh, takes it to a link that is no longer active
1: well that's all folks <laughs> so maybe this citation story... needed yeah we should probably revise that <laughs> Okay, so from here, since we can't do anything about the story Mm -hmm. from 1817, as it would seem, we have some options open to us. A bunch of Canadian companies, which, you know, I don't really know anything about. I really know very little about Canadian history. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there's also, of course, the gold rush around, which we can discernibly say it doesn't have an end date, but we don't know much (laughs) else about it.
0: Well, maybe we should, you know, stay on the gold rush train, see what's the up. There's no train. <laughs> stay on the steamboat.
1: Yeah. The it, today.
0: I mean, it's only going to last for another year
1: or so. so That's true. We on it while we
0: can. Got a ride lost there.
1: <laughs> All right. Big bend gold rush.
0: It just says gold rush on the upper Columbia River in the colony of British Columbia, which is now a Canadian province, in the mid-1860s. So, yeah, I mean, it says mid-1860s, so I'm thinking
1: it probably was 1866 when it ended. Yep, Yep. it was 1866 (laughs) when the first successful run happened and And 1866 when the last (laughs) one happened.
0: I, I feel like... It was like their first failed run in 1865. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, God, we'll try again in spring. Then we'll have something going. Yeah, and yeah, they, yeah totally. they finally get their first accomplishment in the spring of 1866. And then it
1: immediately no. fizzles out. And they're like, ah, oh, <sighs> we missed it. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, that's, that's exactly what happens, too. Um, so the gold fields themselves. Uh, they're they're on the tributaries of the Columbia River in an area known as the Big Bend Country, which is named for a huge hairpin bend uh, a few hundred miles long mm. in eastern British Columbia, formed by the Columbia as it curves around the Selkirk Mountains from the river's source to the southeast in the Rocky Mountain Trench and turns southwards towards the Arrow Lakes and eventually toward the united states
0: that's a long long bend
1: <laughs> that is a huge bend especially for being a hairpin turn too yeah. like like literally just <laughs> that's yeah i mean
0: that's a. it's a like i don't know would you say the distance from here to like new york about Or, co- or longer It's longer There's it. fewer than 100 It'd months. be like the yeah. end of New York State probably. Yeah
1: Yeah Like going north into like Connecticut Yeah Probably where you'd be By the time you got there And that's the bend That's just Yeah like, <laughs> That's just the bend Mm-hmm That's incredible um, But I mean at the very least It was accessible by water If it was carved out by the Columbia River At least yeah. you get in the Columbia River And be like oh, Okay well We're there <laughs> Good Uh, so that must have made it a little bit easier to get to than some things. Uh, the main finds of gold were in the middle of the southward leg of the river's journey out of the Big Bend proper, where the towns of Micah Creek and Big Bend marked the northward focus of the rush. The main part of the rush was nearer to the Arrow Lakes on Creek's tributary to the Goldstream River and Downey Creek, which lay respectively immediately above and below the famous Down <laughs> of the Columbia, which had been the scene of horrendous tragedies twice. Once in 1817, when everybody lived and got out and walked and then they ate each other, and again, in 1838, when a guy did a dumb thing <laughs> and threw him and his wife into the rapids.
0: I feel like two occurrences Hardly. of the death does not legitimately no. make a death rapids. It does not. It's... I mean...
1: If it killed if either of them like, itself,
0: if, I would maybe. say if, if people, like, maybe, like, once a year, a couple people every couple years were getting yeah. lost or, like, disappearing or, like, right, I'm going to go canoe down the rapids and then... They were dead. They were, dead. Never, they were yeah, found dead. They were just found on rocks and, yeah. like, stuff. Like, that would be understandable. That is a death rapids. But, yeah, people surviving the rapids, then eating each other... And, That's on them. And a guy <laughs> just standing up and throwing everybody <laughs> overboard what? does not equal a... Horrifying rapids
1: What's your problem? You're in Canada You can't kill a moose (laughs) Like why are you eating each other? That's on you That's your fault (laughs) There's gotta be tons of wildlife It's by a river A river that is not (laughs) by people Which means it's not polluted Yeah And there is wildlife up there That I mean I don't know I mean moose are hard to take down But they're not fast Yes (laughs) This is also a time when
0: A lot more people were You know Going Hunters Yeah And you know,
1: They're frontiersmen.
0: Yeah, they they have to know how to kill animals to survive, yeah. to eat food.
1: I guess in 1817 it makes sense that they had that problem. There probably weren't that many mm. people out there then.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: Again, not that I know about that's... Canadian history, I <laughs> don't. But, I mean, at the same time, that was before the gold rush, so what reason yeah. would they have had to be there, I guess? <laughs> that's
0: true. Maybe it. they were just the only people like
1: around. Uh, there weren't any other tools or places to get some help. Maybe they didn't know what wildlife to look for. It's true. That might have been it. Okay, so... Uh, the Rush here in the Big Bend was actually a spin-off. Which you, and I'm going to be able to say this just one time. It's a spin-off of Frasier. <laughs> uh, which, you know, that's not usually the way it works. But there's another Gold Rush <laughs> called the Frasier Canyon Gold Rush. Uh, it was the first of the major Gold Rushes which dominate the british columbia colony's history out of which a huge influx of miners from california on the fraser fanned out into other regions of the colony in search of gold and then the same year there were other rushes
0: found in rock creek wild horse creek caribou Ameneca. And Stikine Gold Rushes, yeah, and then <laughs> as well as the Colville and Colorado Gold Rushes, and they were manned by many who had been on the Fraser and such rushes as the ben- Big Bend. So they were
1: founded by people who were on Fraser. I wonder if any of them operated cranes. <laughs> uh, I wonder how they had to live up there. I, I think wonder if they had a diet of toss salad and mm. scrambled eggs.
0: I wonder if they had the blues quite often.
1: I wonder, <laughs> I wonder if uh, when they hit gold, they just said, Ha, baby, I got you pegged. <laughs> well, I
0: wonder if they knew what to do with those <laughs> tossed salad and scrambled eggs, because it sounds like they don't. And they, they had to eat each other. Yeah, yeah.
1: They were just like, I don't know. And they started eating each other, and they started crying again. <laughs> like, uh cannibal parts all over my face. <laughs> what is a boy to do? <laughs> Frazier has left the building. <laughs> and the article. <laughs> we're now below it, so... You're safe, listener. We're done with the Fraser puns now. Probably.
0: Although I wonder if any of these creeks had any similarities with the Nile in Africa.
1: <laughs> no. 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 no we're, we can't. We can't get to Fraser from here, so we shouldn't tease ourselves. <laughs> can't we? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that we sounds can. like a challenge. All right, all right. This is gonna be it. It's a rapid fire round now, folks. Here we go. All right, we gotta go Fraser Gold Rush, Fraser Canyon Gold Rush. Hey, we're this out. is
0: our Fraser Gold Rush. Yeah, we're doing we're it. Russian,
1: we're Russian gold for Fraser Gold. Okay. Uh, uh, all right, so
0: we have to kind of go to Fraser Canyon Gold Rush, I think, because there's no other
1: right Fraser link here. Frasier Canyon itself, I suppose. Yeah, that'll probably be where we go next. Maybe the Frasier River. Not sure. Wow, look at that canyon. Frasier Canyon? Okay. That's pretty. There's also the Frasier Valley.
0: Hmm. Is there. Maybe this is named after a Frasier? Is there. Okay. History. Frasier Canyon War. No. Yeah, we might have to go to another. Uh, we might have to go to like Fraser River or something just to get to like somebody who it was named after, Fraser.
1: Yeah, like in po- I'm looking for in pop culture. Yeah. There's a flood, but there's no link to the flood. If the flood is big enough. I figured like maybe there'd be a movie made of it. Mm. There's some history article bits in the uh, in the history subheading here looking for looking for some names there looking for anything anything historical done on this river that would have warranted to the movie being made of it
0: oh 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 okay Fraser River
1: Disambiguation okay and then there's Fraser Disambiguation <laughs> And then... All right. Oh, Fraser surname,
0: maybe? Ooh, wait. fraser the correct spelling disambiguation. Oh, we're doing no it. No way. Yes. No way. Yes. Fraser is an American television Fra- sitcom. Yes! <laughs> yes.
1: It happened. We made it. We did it.
0: Okay. All right. <laughs>
1: We've got... We struck gold. <laughs> the rush has ended. We struck it. Yep. We found it. We did it. <laughs> now that steamboat has nowhere to go. Mm, no, it does not. The rapids of death have swallowed it up whole. <laughs> Fraser reigns supreme. <laughs>
0: so, if you don't know already, uh, Fraser is obviously a sitcom on NBC that... First aired in 1993 and ended after 11 seasons in the year 2004, with a an impressive 264 episodes, many of which are very good.
1: Yeah, I can attest to that. I've really enjoyed what I've seen of Frasier, and I know I haven't seen all of it. Um, I did I did watch through the series on Netflix, mm-hmm. and
0: I can say that. The quality did not go down very much, like, you know, even towards the later, like, newest seasons, so it, you know, kept up the good quality.
1: I think it had some really good characters that it was kind of hard to make, like, if you gave them a script, (laughs) like, they would make a good episode out of it somehow, Uh, they would find a way. Uh, The series was, of course, a spin-off of the hit comedy from the 80s, Cheers, uh, continuing the story of one of the characters from that show, Fraser Crane, who was a psychiatrist, as he returned home to Seattle to start building a new life. Fraser stars Kelsey Grammer, David Hyde Pierce, John Mahoney, Jane Leaves, Perry Gilpin, and Moose slash Enzo. <laughs> What? <laughs> what is that last one? Eric, do you know who played... What Moose slash Enzo did? <laughs> well, with a link cover, it reveals oh, the dog. of course. It's the dog. It's Eddie. It's Eddie. Uh, I loved Eddie. Eddie <laughs> yeah. was a great dog.
0: Yeah, so this... Uh, let's see. I'm trying to think. It's been a while since I watched Cheers. So I forget exactly how it ended. I forget if, like... Uh, Frasier and, um, man, what's his ex-wife's name? Maris? No, that's no, Niles. That's wife. Niles ex-wife.
1: Uh, let's see. Uh, and... uh, wow. Okay. Um, characters, characters. <laughs> Where's the characters list? <laughs> um. Oh, ex-wife Lilith. There we go. Okay. okay. Yeah, I,
0: I can't remember if Cheers ended with him and Lilith, like, being married and being happy, or if it kind of ended with them,
1: like, getting divorced or about to get divorced or something. I feel like that was the reason why he, he does mention that he is moving back to Seattle. I forget why, too, but mm-hmm. I have a feeling it's probably because they got divorced in Boston, so, they're, so he's done there, so he's leaving, yeah. uh and goes to Seattle instead.
0: Yeah, but this this show is just rife with great characters that ve- play very well against each other. And, like, even in some of their similarities, they're still very different. You know, like, Niles yeah. and Frasier are, you know, both very upper-crust, mm-hmm. you know, kind of stuck-up people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, they're both very different people, mm-hmm. you know? But, yeah, Fraser works at a radio station where he's a call-in psychiatrist. And... Um, oh, one thing is that whenever they would have a caller on his radio show, it is some famous person who they did, didn't credit in the episode or anything. Hmm. Um, but then at the end of each season... They would show pictures of all the celebrity callers that they had
1: on. Oh, I never put. I never knew <laughs> that was at the end of each season. Yep. They did that. Wow.
0: Okay. And, yep. The end of each season, they have that little slideshow showing that. But even though I know that all of the callers are like celebrities, every time I watch the show, I forget to like try to pay attention and be like, all right, so who's this one? I always just kind of watch it and then I'm like, ah, crap. I didn't even think about
1: it. Yeah, you can always, you can kind of pick some of them out, though. Yeah, some of them have very distinctive voices. voices. I forget what some of them are, though. Like, I know that there were some really notable ones. I'm pretty sure. Uh, Well, here's a list of some of the celebrities that had called in during the season Um, Phil Donahue, Christopher Reeve. I remember that one. Mm. Uh, Freddie Prince Jr. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like there's some people who are more relevant well, now, than they were. Yeah, there was then. also.
0: Um, I know. Elijah Wood called
1: in. Yeah. once. And he was a kid. Yeah, when he was like a little kid. Um. Now, in case you haven't watched an episode of Frasier, and you didn't get the puns we were making earlier, <laughs> here's a little <laughs> tip for you. <laughs> In the credits, there's the show's theme song. It's called Tossed Salads and Scrambled Eggs. It's sung by Kelsey Grammer, who plays Frasier himself, and it's played over the closing credits of each episode. Composer Bruce Miller, who had also composed for the comedy uh, that Tony Shalhoub got his start in, uh, Wings... Was asked to avoid explicitly mentioning any subjects related to the show, <laughs> such as radio or psychiatry. That's
0: gotta be a fun note to yeah. get when you're, it's like, alright, cannot mention anything about the show, make it somewhat relevant to the show.
1: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, cool. Well, I am creative, I guess. I'll figure that out. Uh, after Miller finished the music, lyricist Daryl Finesse. <laughs> Uh, suggested the title as they were things that were like Fraser Crane's patience mixed up, quote (laughs) quote. The lyrics indirectly refer to Crane's radio show, I hear the blues a-callin', for example, refers to troubled listeners who call the show. Grammar recorded several variations of the final spoken line of the theme which were alternated between for each episode. Other than season finales, a short silent scene appears with the credits and song, which the actors performed without written dialogue, based on the scriptwriter's suggestion. I always remember those post-credit scenes; yeah. they're always really enjoyable, <laughs> they're really fun.
0: Yeah, it's a nice little cameo. Yeah, and the um, opening title card—they don't actually have opening credits or anything. It's just a little drawing of the Seattle skyline that changes with each season and it has just a little kind of piano medley about
1: five seconds long they had a couple different variations on it like eric said for each season some have windows lining up some had rain clouds appearing some had a helicopter lifting off that was always one of my favorite things was like <laughs> trying to identify what season it was just from the title card because yeah. you could but yeah. like they just made enough of a change to it you'd be like oh it's that <laughs> season okay it's this far along cool uh, which was kind of kind of a neat thing they were just mm-hmm. uh, Sure, in a lot of ways was all about like subtlety and humor it wasn't yeah. dry humor but it was like very it was apparent and the themes were there mm-hmm. but they were just like they were muted somewhat yeah. but I enjoyed that it was kind of nice it wasn't very in your face yeah with the exception of Kirstie Alley, all the surviving main regular cast members of Cheers made appearances on Frasier, but BB Newworth, played by Lilith Sternin, was oh, the, the way, only uh, one. Huh? Oh, wait. What? What? Wait, what? What wait. am I saying? What? Under relationship to uh, Cheers. Uh, BB Newworth is the
0: actress. Right. So she was playing Lilith
1: Sternin. You had it the other way around. I was reading it as it is. Oh, okay. In a sentence. <laughs> yeah. Bibi Neweth is, parentheses, Lilith Sternan. Yeah. And that Lilith Sternan was the only one to become a recurring character. Right. Uh, some cast members of Fraser had appeared previously in minor roles on Cheers. Um, interestingly, in the episode, Do Not Forsake Me, Oh My Postman. <laughs> Uh, in 1992, John Mahoney, who would later be Fraser's dad, uh, played Cy Flembeck, an over-the-hill advertising executive hired by Rebecca to write a jingle for the <laughs> bar. In it, Grammer and Mahoney exchanged a few lines. So that's kind of a weird, yeah. weird crossover, but it's almost a British crossover. <laughs> like, in Britain, you kind of understand, like, oh, there's a finite amount of British actors yeah. who do this profession. There's nothing even have the to pull from, so <laughs> they resort to using the same people. In America, it's just kind of like, you couldn't find another old dude. <laughs> they wanted to... Are you sure? All right. And I think, if I remember correctly,
0: they aren't that far apart in age anyway. Let's see. Really? Kelsey Grammer, born 1955. John Mahoney, born 1940. So... There's only
1: 15 years between those two (laughs) Are you serious? Yep. Dude, John Mahoney's had a rough life. Yeah. Yikes. I mean, Kelsey Grammer has too. We should actually go to Kelsey Grammer because his life is
0: messed up. Yeah, he has really been through some rough times.
1: As much as I want to go from 49, Steamboat, to Frasier... Well, we shouldn't end on Fraser. No. So that the listeners
0: will be... On the edge of their seat trying to figure out if we actually made it to
1: Frasier or not. That's true. Because that's the giveaway. It's a spoiler. Yeah. I mean, like, this is too, because we're talking about it in the <laughs> middle of the show, but... Well, by the end... They already know, know now. Yeah, they already yeah. know. Okay. So, what we want to do is go to Kelsey Grammar. Talk Oops. a little bit about... Let's put a little grammar behind that, Kelsey. <laughs> Where's the link to him? There it is. You got it. Okay. Now, as you know, Kelsey Grammer is an actor, a voice actor, and a comedian. However, he's also a producer, director, writer, singer, and activist. And, little known fact, his first name is Alan. Alan Kelsey Grammer. Alan Kelsey Grammer. Born in the U.S. Virgin Islands, he has been married four times. And has six children.
0: So he was born to Sally and Frank Allen Grammer Jr. And um, his father was a musician and owner of a coffee shop. And also a bar and grill called Greer's Place. And he had a younger sister named Karen Elisa uh, Grammer who was less than two years younger, and he was two years old when his parents divorced, and then he attended Pinecrest School, which was a private preparatory school in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. So that's kind of his priming for the role of Frazier. And later he spent two years at the Juilliard School. Then in 1968, Grammer met Fontainebleau, Miami Beach, Hotel heir Ben Novak Jr. at the Pinecrest School, and they remained friends for forty years until Novak was murdered by his wife, Marcy Novak. Which is just that, the beginning. Oh yeah, we're
1: just scratching the surface on that. Is, that is that.
0: That's one of the lesser incidents mm-hmm. in his life because
1: he's on the fringe of that one. Yeah. <clears throat> Now, he had a three-year internship with the Old Globe Theater in the late 70s before a stint at the Guthrie Theater in the 80s in Minneapolis, Minnesota. He made his Broadway debut in 1981 as Lennox and Macbeth, uh, taking the lead role when Philip Englund withdrew after receiving negative reviews. Grammer then played Michael Cassio in the Broadway revival of Othello with James Earl Jones and Christopher Plummer. In 1983, he performed in the demo of Stephen Sondheim's uh, and James Lapine's production of Sunday in the Park with George, starring Mandy Patinkin. In 2000, Grammer again played Macbeth on Broadway, in a production that closed after only ten days. <laughs> uh, so, in uh, television, he started out in the 80s when he portrayed Stephen Smith in the NBC Miniseries kennedy which eventually led to his career as dr fraser crane in both cheers and fraser since that time he has also frequently guest starred on the simpsons as a character known as sideshow bob uh as well as uh trying several other shows with varying degrees of success in 2007 Grammer starred with patricia heaton in the american sitcom called back to you which was canceled by fox after the first season his next attempt was abc's hank and that fared even worse it was canceled after only five episodes had aired Grammer later commented honestly it just wasn't very funny and <laughs> uh, 20- unfortunately it wasn't um hank as in the beast from x-men no which would have been would, would have been very funny a much more <laughs> a much more entertaining show yes uh in 2011 and 12 grammar starred in the stars drama boss uh it was his first dramatic tv series and he won uh the award for best actor in a television series drama at the 2012 golden globes the show ran for 18 episodes over two seasons And finally, Kramer played a villain in Paramount's Transformers movie's fourth installment, Transformers Age of Extinction, starring Mark Wahlberg. He's also guest starred as the Angel of Death on Medium, and Captain Morgan Bateson in the Star Trek Next Generation episode, Cause and Effect. Um, Now for his personal life, because this is the meat... That's why I was kind of like skimming through that, just to get through it, because this... This... (laughs) Oof <laughs> Yeah Alright So
0: Grammer has been married four times and, 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 You already heard that um, And his first marriage Was to dance instructor Doreen Alderman Last from 1982 to 1990 Although they were separated For the last six years of that period So over well over half of that time And they have one daughter Named Spencer Grammer who is an actress on the CBS daytime soap opera As the World Turns, the ABC family show Greek, and the Adult Swim animated comedy
1: Rick and Morty. Oh, whoa. I didn't know that was her. (laughs) Spencer Grammer, I saw the name, but I never was like, oh, yeah. That's Kelsey Grammer's kid. (laughs) Yep. Oh, no. Okay, well, now we have another place to end end this thing on. I just want to get there. Okay. And uh,
0: then... Through Spencer, uh, Grammar has one grandson, Spencer's son Emmett Emmanuel Hesketh, what was born <laughs> in 2011. Then, after his divorce from Alderman, Grammar had a daughter, Candice Greer Grammar, with hair and makeup stylist Barry Buckner, and Greer is currently a cast member on MTV's show Awkward.
1: <laughs> Awkward.
0: And his second marriage to former exotic dancer Leanne Kasuni. In September 1992, lasted one year. Grammer filed for an annulment when Kasuni was three months pregnant and evicted f- her from their home. Hmm. Grammer claimed that he she was abusive and fired a gun at him. Whoa. Grounds for kicking somebody out, I would say. Yeah. Uh, in 1994, he met 28-year-old Tammy Balazuski, also known as Tammy Alexander at a bar in Manhattan Beach, California in December 1994 and they appeared together on the cover of People magazine announcing their engagement and Grammer's substance abuse problems. They (laughs) broke up at the same time. And they broke up in 1995. And then in August 1997 Grammer married his third wife, former Playboy model Camille Donatacci they had met on a blind date in 1996 and they have a daughter Mason Olivia and a son Jude Gordon both born to a surrogate mother and during their marriage several of Grammar and Donatachi's homes were featured in magazines including ones in Malibu Maui and Long Island Uh, and Bachelor Gulch and Colorado and Bel Air and it was announced in 2010 that Don Itachi had filed for divorce citing irreconcilable differences and Grammer and Don Itachi's divorce was finalized on February 10th 2011 and then in 2010 Grammer announced that he was going to be a father for the fifth time with girlfriend Kate Walsh a British flight attendant 25 years his junior however in October Grammer announced that Walsh had miscarried six weeks earlier and the couple announced their engagement In December 2010 and Married at the Plaza Hotel In New York City On February twenty fifth, two 2011 Two weeks after the final eight, finalization Of Grammer's third divorce <laughs> <laughs> and then Grammer and Walsh Have a daughter Faith Evangeline Elisa And a son Kelsey Gabriel Elias Faith's expected twin A boy died in utero
1: Hmm. But hmm. as if the four divorces, his friend being murdered by his wife, <laughs> and, and the miscarriage, <laughs> and one were not wife enough. firing guns at him, that's not enough. Because that's still yeah. just the tip of the iceberg. Small potatoes. Murder of Karen Grammer. On the 1st of July, 1975, his younger sister, 18 year old Karen Grammer, was abducted, raped, and murdered by Freddie Glenn. Glenn was up for parole in June of 2009. In a letter to the parole board upon Glenn's hearing, Kramer, who was unable to attend the hearing as planned due to, indictment weather, due to inclement weather delaying his flight, wrote, She was my best friend and the best person I knew. I loved my sister Karen. I miss her. I miss her in my bones. I was her big brother. I was supposed to protect her. I could not. I have never gotten over it. It very nearly destroyed me. In an interview with Oprah Winfrey, he stated that he could forgive the men if he would at least take responsibility for the crime, as they all continued to say they had no involvement. In the same interview, he expressed his loss of faith for a few years after Karen's passing. Grammer subsequently has forgiven Glenn. His daughter, Spencer Karen Grammer, was named in part for her aunt. Hmm. But while that's said, in 1998, Grammer filed a lawsuit against Internet Entertainment Group, which Grammer claimed had stolen from his home a video of him having sex with a woman. Uh, the Internet Entertainment Group countersued Grammer, denying it was in possession of such a tape, and Grammer's suit was eventually dropped. <laughs> IEG President Seth. Warszawski later said we have been presented with another kelsey Grammer tape but we have no plans to air it we are still evaluating it at this time <laughs> Grammer later reflected whether or not you're a celebrity even if you're just an old slob with a video camera you don't realize you shouldn't do it <laughs> so you throw the tape in the back of a dark closet until your old girlfriend remembers it's there because you're famous now and she's not But if you're not prepared to do the time, don't do the crime. (laughs) That's not all, folks. Here we go.
0: All right, so substance abuse and legal issues. Grammer has a history of as a frequent abuser of alcohol. And in 1988, Grammer was arrested for drunk driving and cocaine possession and sentenced to 30 days in jail. And in August 1990, Grammer was arrested again for cocaine possession and was sentenced to three years probation, fined $500, and required to perf- perform 300 hours of community service. In January 1991, Grammer was given an additional two years probation for violating his original probation through additional cocaine use. And the cast and producers of both Frasier and Cheers held interventions to attempt to help him. <laughs> Grammar's personal problems affected his work. Co-star Bibi Newerth and writer Ken Levine cited delays with rehearsals and filming due to his erratic behavior. And then writer Dan O'Shannon recalled, however, that, quote, he would ooze into the studio, his life all out of sorts, Jimmy would say, action, and he would snap into Frazier and expound in this very erudite ir- dialogue and be pitch perfect. And Jimmy would yell, cut, and he would ooze back into Kelly, glazed over eyes, half asleep, going through whatever he was going through. It was the most amazing transformation I've ever seen. And in 1995, Grammer was sued by ex girlfriend Sirlette Lame for defamation of character and invasion of privacy over content he included in his autobiography So Far. That was the name of the biography. Yeah. In <laughs> September 1996, He crashed his Dodge Viper while intoxicated and subsequently (laughs) checked into the Betty Ford Center for 30 days. And then in 2008, Bradley Blakeman, a former aide to George W. Bush, filed a copyright lawsuit in federal court on Long Island over Grammer's movie Swing Vote, claiming that parts of its plot and marketing had been stolen from him. The lawsuit claimed that Blakeman had given a copyrighted screenplay called Go November to Grammar in 2006, and that Grammar agreed to develop the project and star as a Republican president, but instead ended up playing a similar role in Swing Vote, which was released in August 1st, 2008. Grammar's spokesman dismissed the claims as frivolous and a waste of time, and the lawsuit claims that Blakeman's copyrighted screenplay had the same basic plot as Swing Vote. Then there's health problems, and continuing right into 2008, while paddleboarding with his then-wife Camille in Hawaii, Grimmer experienced symptoms of a heart attack. After being hospitalized, it was confirmed that he had experienced a heart attack, and he was released in June of the same year, and was said to be resting comfortably at his Hawaiian residence. Seven weeks after the attack, Grammer told Entertainment Tonight that although at the time his spokesman described the attack as mild, it was in fact more severe, almost leading to his death as his heart had stopped. Oh, wow. Grammer thought Fox's decision to cancel his TV sitcom Back to You contributed to his health problems, stating that it was a very stressful time for me and a surprise that it was canceled. But, you know, everything that doesn't kill us, which it almost did, makes us stronger. And then uh, Grammer checked into an undisclosed Manhattan hospital after complaints of feeling faint. And other reports said Grammer was hospitalized for an irregular heartbeat. His publicist said that it may have been due to a re- reaction to medication.
1: So, yeah, the guy has had a lot of stuff going on. That isn't all of it. No. But that is all that is in this article. There is
0: more? <laughs> That's all I knew about. Uh, hold on, let me let me go over to Google for a, just a
1: moment. Um, just, gonna... just get the list of crazy things that have happened to Kelsey Grammer. Yep. Oh yeah. Um,
0: his father was murdered. Right there we go. That's the other one. Yeah, his father was shot. Several times after his car was set on fire, and um, yeah, Kelsey Grammer was only 13 at the time, and Niles, oh wow, the guys, the guy who shot him, his last name was Niles. No way. <laughs> <laughs> so he was found not guilty of murder by reason of insanity and mm. spent several decades in a psychiatric ward. Um, And he was released in 1994. And then he was sent back to prison in 2003. After threatening to kill a judge who denied him rights to see his kid. Um, But yeah, then after all that stuff, then his sister was murdered. And oh, yeah, and then um, five years after her murder in uh, 1975, uh, both of Kelsey Grammer's half brothers died unexpectedly. Um, they were scuba diving off of uh, St. Thomas at the time, and uh, Billy, one of them named Billy, just failed to resurface. And then the other brother, Stephen, went back in after him but died of a fatal embolism during an improper ascent that followed. And so, yeah, that those were the additional ones. I knew there were a couple other deaths. That's so weird. Yeah.
1: Yeah, he's just a family of unfortunate events. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Yeah. But you know what's not unfortunate? All his daughter day. being the voice of Summer on Rick and Morty. <laughs> yep. Alright So somehow from A steamboat Steamboat in the Canadian Gold Rush We have made it to Rick and Morty Our ultimate destination Uh, An adult animated series Created by Justin Roiland And Dan Harmon For the network Adult Swim It features the Misadventures of alcoholic scientist Rick And his easily influenced Grandson Morty who split their time between domestic family life and interdimensional pr- travel. Royland voices the series' eponymous characters, while the series also stars the voice talent of Chris Parnell, who you may know from Saturday Night Live, 30 Rock as Dr. Spaceman, or uh, from the hit TV show Archer, Spencer Grammer, who you may know from being Kelsey Grammer's daughter, and Sarah Chalk, who you would remember as Elliot from Scrubs. The series has its origins in an animated parody of Back to the Future, created by Roiland for Film Festival Channel 101. Um, Never looked that up, by the way. (laughs) The original is a little (coughs) crude, to say the least. It has two series to wide critical acclaim, and it is definitely something to check out, if for nothing else, the characters and their development throughout the show. Because unlike most animated shows, it really allows... The characters to develop over time, instead of maintaining an episodic feel. Uh, yeah, I'm really confused as to like how much time we have left in the article, uh, in, in the episode, I should say, because mm. I we, we did so much jumping forward, like the, the gold rush, the, the the Fraser gold rush that we did, like it really threw me off. I, I don't know where where we are now because like, we oh, went yeah. through so many links. I'm just, I'm very confused. Like I have no sense of time. We are fine to stop
0: whenever we are done
1: whenever we are done that's usually when we do stop
0: we are yeah we are good on
1: the amount of time we have talked from. we've done it we've gone the whole time very much so very much so more <laughs> than enough so is what the impression yeah. I'm getting here okay alright okay I, I won't ramble about Rick and Morty we can we can just kinda end it there yeah we made it we check can, it out we can title the episode that so yeah. there we go yeah,
0: forty nine steamboat to Rick and Morty. <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> a fine episode. Indeed. <laughs> oh, what a good title. <laughs> uh, we made
1: it. We man. made it, and we got we got Fraser <laughs> in the mix too. Yep. Oh wow! Oh man, uh, that was a race. I can't believe that actually worked. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, it's those disambiguations, man. You, they, yeah. they take you places you never think mm-hmm. you're going to be able to go. And it's always see also see also <laughs> see also until you finally just morph something into what you want.
0: Yep, That's crazy. That's how you do it. Yep. That's good. That's fun. Go ahead and visit facebook.com/slash/twc podcast. Give us a like and follow, and rate us on iTunes and check out new episodes at twc.erictoribio.com or whatever podcast app you prefer. And uh, I'd like to thank Louis Armstrong for our theme song and Blind Lemon Jefferson mean. for our outro song. So thanks again for joining us. I was Eric. And I was John. And this was the Wikipedia I'm gonna
1: to a Ugh, that was, a, that was a rush of an episode. <laughs> <laughs> like it started out in unknown territory. Uh-huh. And then we blazed the trail. <laughs> <laughs> Found some gold in some Fraser article. <laughs> It's mm. crazy, crazy. Mm-hmm. The way that Wikipedia can just morph into mm-hmm. what you need it to be. Hardly predict. Nope. Where the river is going to take you, it could take you like around the next bend, or it could take you hundreds of miles <laughs> around the hairpin <laughs> turn. You'll never, you'll never see it coming. <laughs>
0: I do love the Fraser Gold Rush I I portion as far as links go because there's Fraser Canyon Gold Rush, Fraser Canyon, Fraser River, I Fraser River Disambiguation, morning Fraser, morning Fraser, Fraser Disambiguation, Fraser. <laughs> disambiguation, <laughs> Fraser. <laughs> <laughs> it's just <laughs> Fraser, 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 Fraser. It's what, amazing. What it's the best. It's oh, love, okay. Love.
1: Good episode. Good stuff. Yeah. I want to you women. Shelly's love has gone. Cause a man like me, he
0: went away from
1: home.
0: Girl, if you don't want me, why don't you let me
1: know?
0: I said, if you don't want me, mama let me know.
1: Drugging me mad once and, and, and hunting Me's nowhere to go